Today we celebrate the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of Christ. Our first reading from Genesis brings us into the Jewish feast of Yom Kippur. What's happening here is once a year, for atonement of sin, the high priest enters into the sanctuary. And he sprinkles the blood of the bull on the altar and then upon the people. It may seem a little weird to us. Right? But it's known that the blood is what gives us life. Right? Our blood that flows through us keeps us living. The blood of an animal keeps him living. But the blood that has been cleansed by a worthy sacrifice, by the forgiveness of God the Father, cleanses us even more. Our author in the letter of, to the Hebrews that we read then brings us even further into this mystery. Jesus Christ on Good Friday, on the day he dies, becomes that sacrifice for us. With this feast that happened in the Old Testament, it had to happen over and over each year. Because the blood of a goat or a bull could never fully satisfy all the sins of the people that have been committed. And so Jesus makes this perfect sacrifice. The only one who's able to atone for the greatness of our sin is God himself. And so just in the same way, there has to be a way with this sacrifice that we receive the blood of our Lord. That that blood is poured out upon us. We see this great image from the cross as he's pierced with a lance. Blood and water flow out from his side. Many church fathers see this to be the birth of the church. From the side of Christ comes the church. In divine mercy, right, we saw that the blood and water come out symbolize that of grace and mercy. It's from Jesus himself then at his last supper that he unites us to the sacrifice that takes place eternally. And that's where we come to the Eucharist today. That command that he gave us to do this in remembrance of him. He gave that power to his apostles, which have been passed on to us to this day. I just celebrated, um, was back in Omaha with my classmates that I was ordained with five years of priesthood on June the 4th. Um, And calling that happy memory, but the reality of the priesthood and the graces the Lord has poured through those five years we spent together. Recalling that, recalling what the Lord has done even in that short time for us. That priesthood that that I received five years ago came in succession from this very priesthood that Jesus gave at his Last Supper to give us that gift of his body and his blood. 
And so this weekend we prayed with more vigor that the Lord give us priests. This year in the Archdiocese of Omaha, we do not have a priestly ordination. Right? We know statistically that if we follow the current path we're on, by the year 2040, we'll have about just under 40 priests in the Archdiocese. Don't have to tell you what that would mean. It would mean far less churches indeed. And so we need that outpouring of vocations for young men to listen to that call to the priesthood from the Lord. I'm convinced the main way to call young men to the priesthood and to call young women to the religious life is that we draw close in reverence to the Eucharist. That we have parishes that we can see that there's a reverence and there's a love for Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. I want to present how that's possible and it's quite simple. It's three things really. It's that we receive the Eucharist worthily, reverently, and frequently. So first, worthily. We say those words before we receive the Eucharist. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. We are not worthy. It's only through the Lord's word that we are healed. Church teaches us, though, if we are aware of any mortal sin that exists in our soul, that we have to get to confession before we receive the Eucharist. If we don't, then we are not worthily receiving. And so to be able to make sure when that happens, if that happens, that we find ourselves before the Lord worthily. Second is that we receive reverently. What breaks my heart the most is when I have people come up and receive communion and their car keys are in their, the same hand that they're receiving communion in. Or they grab to receive the Eucharist. Or they receive it maybe correctly, but with quite evidence without any thought. We have to, res- we have to respect and have reverence to what we're receiving. I enjoy watching our second graders shortly after their first communion and the reverence and carefulness that they receive communion with. Some may commentate that they're nervous and they're still receiving it with a little bit of nervousness and carefulness. But I would hold that we all probably should have that nervousness and carefulness, not a scrupulosity, right, but a nervousness and a carefulness when we receive the body and blood of our Lord. If you were to have a sickness that you knew you would die from, and I were to have a vial of something that would cure it, but you had to take it at a specific time, I gave you that vial, I guarantee you would not just put it in your jeans pocket. 
And you would be reverent with it. You'd be respectful with it. You'd probably wrap it in bubble wrap and put it in the safest possible place you could. Even more so, the Eucharist that we have is greater than any cure for a physical ailment. It's the cure for spiritual death. Jesus tells us, unless you eat and drink of the flesh and blood of man, you do not have life within you. So we must treat the body and blood of our Lord with that reverence. One last point on reverence. You'll notice after distribution of communion, um, usually the priest will purify the vessels that have been distributed from from the altar. That's not just washing dishes. There's a reverence that that's done with. The reason we do it during the Mass and the reason it's prescribed to be done during the Mass is to show that reverence. The priest prays a silent prayer as he's purifying the vessels and the prayer is this. What is past our lips, O Lord, as food, may we possess in purity of heart that what has been given to us in time may be our healing for eternity. So great words that call me back to the reverence to receive the Lord with. Third and lastly is a frequency that we've received the Holy Eucharist. It's been a gift of probably the past hundred years is that the church has encouraged the frequent reception of Holy Communion. It used to be that most Catholics that be rare, maybe some of your grandparents or great-grandparents, it'd be rare for them to receive communion more than once a year. And even some maybe less often than that. And the church wanted to encourage us for that frequent reception that it's through our unity with Christ's body and blood that we're able to grow in holiness. And so, brothers and sisters, let us do exactly that. I believe that that's the way that we can call more young men and women to serve the Lord is that they see in our parish and our parents and our families of reverence for the Holy Eucharist, that we love and that we serve God and that we recognize him in the breaking of the bread.